0: Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Hello, and thanks for joining me today. Um, I have a little cold. And it's kind of taken me out for a few days. So I hope all of you are doing well and um, you're not sick with anything. Um, During this time, I've uh, been reading my scriptures and something that I have been reading in the last few days is, um, I've been in Alma, the end of Alma, well, Alma 46 through 51, I've been reading. And there was something that came up the last couple of days that I decided that I wanted to write a podcast and share with you some of my thoughts about it. Um, so first of all, I, I my topic today is about contention. And I am um, definitely not a pro at not being contentious. I have to catch myself a lot today. Um, I had to catch myself... Um, with being contentious with one of my children. That's not my intent, but it gets away and I don't pay attention like I should and things happen. And so I was really grateful for this study. I also, while I was studying it, I was listening to Christmas music. So I know it's a little early, but don't you guys love Christmas music? So anyway, um, I wanted to start off reading from you, uh, to you from Alma chapter 49. And I want you to know that Moroni, um, in Alma 49 20 in the Book of Mormon, he said, Thus they were prepared, yea, a body of their strongest men with their swords and with their slings, to smite down all who would attempt to come into their place of security by the place of entrance. And thus they were prepared to defend themselves against the Lamanites. So here are Moroni preparing the strongest men. Uh, to protect the cities and keep them secure and have them as a place of liberty. But it says that the Lamanites, um, they began to contend with the Nephites. I remember my topic today's contention. And so they wanted to figure out a way that they could attack the Nephites. Um, they wanted to have an equal chance to fight another word for contention. Um, thus the enemy, the Nephites had all power over their enemies because they had shields and breastplates and they were protected. But it says that the Lamanites saw that the chief cap. when the Lamanites saw that their chief captains were all slain, they fled into the wilderness and it came to pass that they returned to the land of Nephi to inform their King Amalickiah. Well, when Amalickiah finds out about what's happened and how Moroni has fortified everything, he becomes exceedingly angry. So there's contention again, and it says that he becomes not only angry, but they use the word that he was exceedingly wroth, and he cursed God and swore that he was going to drink the blood of Moroni. Then if you go to chapter 50, you find out what Moroni did to protect the land. He put up pickets. He dug deep um, heaps of earth around the cities. He um, erected towers. He put ridges, timbers, pickets. Um, He also provided them with stones and arrows to defeat the Lamanites. And it says that they were prepared that they could cast stones from the top thereof. And Moroni did prepare strongholds against the coming of their enemies round about every city of all the land. So what I wanted to do to think about as I'm talking about this topic of contention, I wanted to ask you you know, are there things that you do to guard yourself against having contention? So Moroni physically made pickets, timbers, dug dirt, um, provide towers, provide rock slings. I mean, he had like a multi-level way to protect the people and protect them from being attacked. And I kind of thought about in our lives, have we kind of layered a protection that we don't lose our temper or become contentious so that we destroy relationships and cause ourselves to come into bondage because we lose self-control. We lose the spirit. There's a quote by James E. Faust that I loved that I want to share with you. I was going to do it at the end, but I'm going to do it right now. It says, whoops. He said, when there is contention, the spirit of the Lord will depart regardless who is at, of who is at fault. That was James E. Faust. So anyway, Moroni, he erects all these towers. He's preparing the people to save them. And it talks about how prosperous these people become and how happy they are. And how merciful the Lord was with them in all of their dealings. And then if you jump to verse 25 of 50, it says, and it came to pass that in the commencement of the 20 and fourth year of the reign of the judges, there would have been peace among the people of Nephi had it not been for a contention, which took place upon the, uh, among them concerning the land of Lehi. So what happens is, is there was peace. There had been great prosperity, but because of this contention about a piece of land, it started to cause division among the people, and it says, "And for behold, the people who possessed the land of Morianton uh, did claim a part of the land of Lehi. Therefore, they began to there began to be warm contentions between them." So, here we go. Starting in the twenty fourth year, there starts to be these warm contentions, and Morianton, who is a man that is not a good man. He um, decides that he wants to go and destroy um, Moroni and his people. And he con- 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 he creates a plan of destruction. And because he's a man of anger, contention, he is a, it says in the scriptures that he was a man of much passion. Therefore he was angry and he fell upon his maidservants and he beat her so she goes over to moroni and she tells him the plan of morianton and lets him know look this is what's going on so then moroni is able to make some plans and do some things to try to protect the people because of the information well now i want to jump forward to the book of helaman and i want to share with you we jump forward 16 years. So now we're at the 40th year of the reign of the judges. And there has been such a huge transformation in just 16 years that there is a serious contention and difficulty among the people. They are struggling because it says there was contention concerning who should be the uh, in the judgment seat among the brethren who were the sons of Pahoran. So Pahoran has these three sons. Um, they are Pahoran, Ponchi, and Pakumani, and um, they were contending about having the judgment seat. But the voice of the people came, and they wanted Pahoran to be the governor of the land. And when his um, when Pakumani saw that he couldn't get it, he was not happy, and um, he did not agree with the voice of the people. But Ponchi and that part of the people who were desirous that he should be the governor, he was exceedingly wroth. Okay, here's another thing, form of contention. Therefore, he was about to flatter away those people to rise up in rebellion. So he's gonna try to cause contention so that he can have the judgment seat. Well, what happens is he's condemned to death. And it says in here that the people were extremely angry. So they make a pact with a man by the name of Kishkuman that he will, um, that he will, he, they swear with the everlasting major that they would tell no man that Kishkuman had murdered Pahoran. So Kishkuman murders Pahoran, and there's just all this contention and problems and fighting and anger that's going on with the people. And we're now jumping to the 41st year. So now we're 17 years in. And the Lamanites had gathered together an innumerable army of men and armed them with swords, with siameters, with bows, with arrows, and with head plates, breastplates, and all manner of shields of every kind. So we're literally looking at 17 years from when Moroni had fortified all these lands and all these cities with pickets and towers and timbers and arrows. And, and just within 17 years, the Nephi, the Lamanites had all this power. Well, there was a man named Coriantumr, and he was a dis, uh, descendant of Nephi, and he had been among the Nephites, and there was a king, a Lamanite king, Tubalith, and he felt like Coriantumr was a mighty man, and he could fight against the Nephites. So he, um, he did stir them up to anger. And um, this is what I want to read to you in verse 17 of first Helaman. And he did gather together his armies and he did appoint Coriantumr to be their leader and did cause that they should march down to the land of Zarahemla to battle against the Nephites. And it came to pass that because of, of so much contention and so much difficulty in the government that they had not kept sufficient guards in the land of Zarahemla, for they had supposed that the Lamanites durst not come into the heart of their lands." and attack the great city of Zarahemla. But it came to pass that Coriantumur did march forth at the head of the numerous hosts and came upon the inhabitants of the city, and their march was with such exceedingly great speed that there was no time for the Nephites to gather together their armies. Okay, and you can read more about what happens with that, but because of the contention that was happening with the people of the Nephites about who should be their um, there over the judgment seat, the Lamanites with Coriantumr leading came through at the heart of the city and there was no time for the Nephites to defend themselves. So are there contentious situations that you're experiencing that are causing you not to be able to organize yourself and prepare for a battle that might be coming up? In April, 2021, Elder Holland gave a really great talk about contention, and this is one of the quotes he said. He said, the Book of Mormon was written for a Latter-day audience. These authors, who experienced much of war themselves, prophetically warn us that violence and conflict will be a signature characteristic of relationships in the last days. So violence and conflict, to me, meaning contention, right? he said, of course, my theory about Latter-day contention isn't very original. 2000 years ago, the savior warned that in the last days, there would be wars and rumors of wars later saying that peace would be taken from the earth. Surely this Prince of peace who taught emphatically that contention is of the devil must weep along with his divine father over those in the human family in our day who are without affection and who cannot figure out how to live together in love. Brothers and sisters, we do see too much conflict, anger, and generally incivility among us, general incivility among us. Fortunately, the the current generation has not had a third world war to fight, nor have we experienced a global economic crash like the one of 1929 leading to a Great Depression. We are, however, facing a kind of third world war that is not a fight to crush our enemies, but a conscription marshalling the children of God to care more about each other and to help heal the wounds we find in a conflicted world. He goes on to say that the great depression we now face has less to do with external loss of our savings and more to do with our internal loss of self-confidence with real deficits of faith, hope, and charity all around us. But the instruments we need to create a brighter day and grow an economy of genuine goodness in a society are abundantly provided for us in the gospel of Jesus Christ. We cannot afford, and this world cannot afford, our failure to put these gospel concepts and fortifying covenants to full use personally and publicly. I love what Elder Holland said because we are in a form of a third world war. And it's not necessarily like the crash of the economy or with another country. I mean, there's a lot of wars and contentions all over this whole earth, but truly how are we creating a brighter day and growing our testimonies and providing for others in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, when the savior came to the Americas, one of the first things that he said to the people is he said, there should be no disputations among you. He said, for the spirit of contention is not of me, but it is of the devil who is the father of contention. And he stirreth up the hearts of men to contend with anger, one with another. Behold, this is not my doctrine to stir up the hearts of men with anger, one against another. But this is my doctrine that such things should be done away with or done away Okay, and then also in Second Nephi 26:32 it says, "And again, the Lord God hath commanded that men should not murder; they should not lie; they should not steal; that they should not take the name of the Lord their God in vain; that they should not envy; that they should not have malice; that they should not contend one with another; that they should not commit whoredoms; and that they should not do none of these things, for whosoever doeth them shall perish." I went and I looked up a couple talks that I read about contention and one of them was by President Ballard, or I'm sorry, um, President Nelson in April, 1989, it was called the canker of contention. And he said in there that his peace is not necessarily political, meaning the savior. His peace is personal, but the spirit of inner peace is driven away by contention but did you hear that? But the spirit of inner peace is driven away by contention. Contention does not usually begin as strife between countries. More often, it starts with an individual, for we cannot contend within ourselves over simple matters of right and wrong. From there, contention can infect neighbors and nations like a spreading sore. As we dread any disease that undermines the health of the body, so should we deplore contention which is a corroding canker of the spirit. <clears throat> so um, our son right now, before he heads off to college, Hayden, he's working at a gas station pumping gas. And um, he recently had a couple weeks ago, um, a gentleman come in and there was definitely something not right. And this man really lost it. And he was yelling at Hayden and the other worker And he was being really, really difficult. And tonight when Hayden got home from work, he had shared with Matt that this man came back and apologized. And I thought that was really big of him because he did not act very kindly or very well. And he caused a lot of contention at the at the, the store, this, this gas station. So just be thinking in your life, um, are you seeking inner peace? Because if you are, you need to remove the contention that is taking that away from you. Um, there's another uh, great quote that I wanted to read um, from that talk. And it's um, he's, it says, contention existed before the earth was formed. When God's plan for creation and mortal life on the earth was first announced, sons and daughters of God shouted for joy the plan was dependent on man's agency. His subsequent fall from the presence of God and the merciful provision of a savior to redeem mankind. Scriptures reveal that Lucifer sought vigorously to amend the plan by destroying the agency of man. Satan's cunning motive was unmasked in his statement, behold, here am I, send me, I will be thy son, and I will redeem all mankind. That One soul shall not be lost, and surely I will do it. Wherefore, give me thine honor. This war in heaven was not a war of bloodshed. It was a war of conflicting ideas, the beginning of contention. So here we are in the very beginning, contention began. And I feel like when the Savior um, appeared to the people, that was why one of his first messages was that that, um, contention is of the devil. It's not of him. It made me turn to thoughts about our family. I told you earlier that I was being contentious with um, one of my children. Um, and that's why I'm grateful that I have these wonderful experiences of being able to read these scriptures and calm my heart down and realize that I'm in the wrong regardless of the situation when I lose my cool. But um, there's this wonderful quote by Elder Wayne S. Peterson. He said, It is in the home that our behavior is most significant. It is the place where our actions have the greatest impact for good or ill. Sometimes we are so much at home that we no longer guard our words. We forget simple civility. If we are not on guard, we can fall into the habit of criticizing one another, losing our tempers and behaving selfishly. Because they love us, our spouses and our children may be quick to forgive but they often carry away in silence, unseen injuries and unspoken heartache. When we feel anger or contention in our homes, we should immediately recognize what power has taken control of our lives and what Satan is endeavoring to accomplish. Solomon provided us with this wise formula in Proverbs 15, one, it says a soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up anger. Our home should ideally be a refuge where each member feels safe, secure, loved, and insulated from harsh criticism and contention that we so often encounter in the world. Now, um, if you go to the book of Helaman, chapter 16, it says, And many more things did the people imagine in their hearts, which were foolish and vain, and they were much disturbed, for Satan did stir up to do iniquity continually, yea he did go about spreading rumors and contentions upon all the face of the land that he might harden the hearts of the people against that, which was good. And against that, which is to come Um, after the savior left the Americas, there was peace in the land for many, many years. And it tells us in uh, fourth Nephi verse 13 and 15, it came to pass. There was no contention among the people in all the land, but there were mighty miracles wrought among the disciples of Jesus. And it said, and it came to pass that there was no contention in the land because of the love of God, which did dwell in the hearts of the people. So how do we fight this contention? It's the love of God, which dwells in our hearts. Um, but the, the problem with what happens is, is our pride, which come, it says in Proverbs 13, 10, it says only by pride cometh contention. But with the well advised is wisdom. So, what happens is, is we get prideful, and pride is concerned with who is right, while humility is concerned with what is right, and we let that get to us. So, just like the people that after the Savior left, 201 years after he left, there began to be among those who were lifted up in pride. So, pride cometh contention. So 201 years after the savior appears, all of a sudden there becomes this lifting up in pride in doctrine of covenants 10. It says in this, I do that. I may establish my gospel that there may be not be so much contention. Yea, Satan doth stir up the hearts of the people, the contention concerning the points of my doctrine and these things they do err for they rest the scriptures and do not understand them. Contention fosters disunity. Alma, having authority from God, commanded them that they should be no contention one with another, but that they should look forward with one eye, having one faith and one baptism, having their hearts knit together in unity and in love, one towards another. That's in Mosiah. So that brings me then to the quote by um, Elder Faust, which was When there is contention, the Spirit of the Lord will depart, regardless of who is at fault. So I just want you to think for a little bit. There's so much out there about contention, and this is just a few of my ideas, but is there something that you can do personally to diminish the amount of contention that's in your home, in your life? Remember the layers that Marone and I did with the people, with the towers, pickets, timbers, rocks, arrows, stones, all the things he did putting the strongest men round about the cities, digging ditches. There was a whole layer of processing to protect them from contention, from fighting. And so what is it that you can do in your life and your family to protect them? In closing, I want to read a quote from Elder Holland from April, 2021. And also I want to read a song to you that I love because it is Christmas time. And While I was preparing this, I listened to the song and I loved it. So I want to read it to you, but this talk from elder Holland said, so in a world tossed with tempest and not comforted as Jehovah said, it would be, how do we find what he called the covenant of peace? We find it by turning to him who said he would have mercy on us and with everlasting kindness would grant peace to our children. In spite of frightful prophecies and unsettling scriptures declaring that peace will be taken from the earth generally, the prophets, including our own beloved Russell M. Nelson, have taught that it does not have to be taken from us individually. So this Easter, let's try to practice peace in a personal way, applying the grace and healing balm of the atonement of the Lord Jesus Christ to ourselves and our families and those who can reach around us, who we can reach around us. Fortunately, even astonishingly, this soothing salve is made available to us without money and without price. So even there, though there's contention all over in the world right now, there's wars and rumors of wars and fighting and divisions in families and friends and neighborhoods and cities and states. um, There is a way for us to find peace. And that is through the Lord Jesus Christ. So to finish off this podcast, I just want to read to you this beautiful Christmas song. It's called Let There Be Peace on Earth. I remember singing this when I was younger, and I think it's a beautiful song. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Let there be peace on earth, the peace that was meant to be. With God as our Father, brothers all are we. Let me walk with my brother in perfect harmony. Let peace begin with me let this be the moment now. With every step I take, let this be my solemn vow to take each moment and live each moment in peace eternally. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Thank you so much for listening. Have a wonderful day. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.